This is the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos podcast, a more advanced look at tattooing. This podcast focuses on science, design, and everything else that is tattoo related. This show isn't really for the beginner, but more for the experienced artist with questions that need answering so they can improve their tattoo game. It's also for those who just like to listen to podcasts, so like, you don't really have to listen to us tell you not to listen to us. Well, anyways, if you do decide to listen, thank you. Be sure to tell your friends about us. But be aware, we do have a rule on the show. Don't ask us what brands we use. Fuck, I'm tired today. Ugh. You and me both. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I looked at my horoscope because I'm prone to do stupid shit like that. And it was like, this week is going to suck. And I was like, all right, thanks, horoscope. <laughs> There's a total full moon in Scorpio next week, which is going to make you actualize your real potential. <laughs> like, fucking, what's my real potential? Me and Brian are going to record twice this week. Like, I don't fucking understand what's going on. Right. <laughs> oh not your fake potential your real potential. my real potential right oh god dude so i got the uh first sitting down on that uh biomech watercolor piece yeah how'd that go Fuck. <laughs> so i had i had a polished image uh, that i had done on um the paper and stuff right and i was like well because after talking with you i was like it, it made a lot of sense to try and go after stuff and kind of more of that like um anime manga you know japanese like graphic cartoony comic right. book type of look so i i fucking did um <laughs> if, I, if i show you this shit i don't know if you can see it over the fucking the camera but i've got like a full fucking leg lined block shaded in it goes it wraps around the cap and stuff too it's it's pretty cool we got like, really yeah it's got like a nautilus thing i could probably send you a picture later on it's it, i mean here we go zoom in might be a little bit better boom ba -da -ba -ba -da. i'm loving it um super simple you know aaron caney type of feel to it right. dude that that fucking uh half leg two hours <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> that lady, I'm like, I flat rate everything. And she goes, oh, okay. And I'm like, how much is this like piece of music? And she's like, um, I want to know because of whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I think it's probably gonna be about 3,500 bucks. And she's like, oh, that's fine. So first sitting came down, we're two hours in. I've got it like fucking a third of the way done. I'm like, you need to pay me a thousand bucks. And she's all, <laughs> you could see her brain, right? Like fucking short circuit. Because she looked at the clock, and she looked at me, and she looked at the clock, and then she just, like, stopped. She didn't make eye contact, and just, like, right pat, like, over my shoulder, right? And she just, like, sat there for a second and went, uh. <laughs> like, if I did a fucking hourly right now, it's like in her brain she was calculating that I'm worth, like, 500 bucks an hour. I mean, it's not that. It's just... The first sitting, of course, is always going to be a little bit more treacherous, right? Like, it's always going to be quick you're gonna just crush stuff and trying to get rid of the stencil you're trying to do all this stuff right and so i've got like a seven mag uh press flat right 
just got like a nice little little fucking seven meg press flat. I got a, a three, a bug pin three liner, and dude, I've run eight and a half volts on my fucking uh, Rogers machine. I was just fucking grinding that shit right, and I'm moving super quick. She never has the time to relax anything. Back of the fucking knee and the fucking knee ditch, over the kneecap, on the thigh, ankle, everything. There's a cover up in there too, and. Uh, afterwards i kind of felt bad <laughs> you know what i mean i was like like did i charge too much for this shit and then uh i i had to talk to a couple people and they're like one the amount of work that you just did the average person probably would have taken six hours to do and i was like oh okay like i got you with that and they're like two you should charge a fucking premium because people don't have to sit in pain longer for getting something done and i was like well that's kind of cool but you know, it, it seemed almost like a cop-out to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm not worth 500 bucks an hour in my mind. That's insane. You know, I'm not a neurosurgeon or some shit or a fucking neonatal neurosurgeon. But I'm thinking about value wrong. Value is placed on anything by the market. If she was willing to pay it, then clearly you could charge it. Yeah, I know. Like, if you were to do... Uh, half we'll go three quarter calf, half knee, half thigh, full color. What would your you know price be? Well, it's this fucking biomech, you know. I was thinking somewhere between like three and five grand, you know. Average woman, she was like five eight, you know, one hundred and forty. I pounds. just charged six hundred bucks a session, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Makes it so much fucking easier. Right, it's one hundred eighty dollars an hour technically. So I I did today uh, had a tattoo this Asian lady and man did she have the best skin in the world. I loved Hell it. Yeah. But uh, took me exactly two hours to do some fucking wings on each side of her arm. Um, charged her three sixty. She didn't bat an eye. She was super stoked. Yeah. I uh, last week I had two walk-ins. They came in. And they showed me the tattoo design bullshit that they wanted. Uh, one's a tiny little turtle, and another one was a tiny little dragonfly thing. And I was like, cool, my minimum's 180. And their eyes got so fucking big in their skull. <laughs> right? They were just like, holy crap. She was like, I was expecting like maybe like 50 or 80 bucks. I was like, yeah. I mean, I have another artist here that charges 80 bucks as a minimum if you want to go with that. I thought, yeah. but my minimum specifically is 180. Yeah. And they're like, um, okay. And then they kind of just like fucked off for a little while, right? <laughs> and then they came back and they were just like, their whole attitude was changed. They're like, we looked at your work on uh, Instagram and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Let's just do the tattoos. Yeah. I was like, cool. Do you want me to do them or do you want Brooke to do them? And yeah. she's like, oh no, we want you to do them. I was like, oh, so you're fine with the price. And they're like, yeah absolutely maybe like, okay that's, maybe that's what i should have done dude maybe i should have taken the time because like when she came in she was really weird the lady i was working on right and i had the the scroll of paper that i had mopped out it mapped out or whatever like laid out on the fucking uh massage table where we were working and uh when she came up and she seen it you know she's like eyes wide she didn't say anything and i fucking felt like in my stomach you know that like i I don't know if I should do this right now. Right. And uh, 
And I was like, I checked with her, dude, like five fucking times. Are you okay? Is everything all right? And every time I do that on average, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I already know, like subconsciously, like they've waited so long to get in that maybe they'd have an issue, but they just don't want to voice it because they don't want to wait anymore. Right. So it's hanging over my fucking head right now. Like, I don't, I don't know if she's even happy. I don't know if she's okay with the stuff we're done doing. I don't. I like, I just don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of freaked out. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best. I put, I, I put in a hundred percent effort. I can't doubt myself on that, you know, but I'm, I'm just worried. You know, as soon as she left the door, left out the front door, my brain is just like, ah, it's a bad tattoo. And I'm just like, self-doubt. You're not good at what you do. You fucking suck. You loser. <laughs> you need to go back to church because you're going to hell. You know, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I was, it, like I'm supposed to have a, a 20 or 48 hour check-in with her. And she didn't text me the day too. So my brain's going toxic thinking about this. But like the, the tattoo, and I know it because there was three other fucking people in the shop. They walked up and they're like, dude, that's a good fucking tattoo. So like I know that it's okay logically, but like sub like I don't know, subconsciously, emotionally, or whatever, I'm I'm not I'm not in a good like headspace, you know, to like analyze shit right now. And I just like I don't I don't know, dude. I'm looking to you. <laughs> I'm like, Brian, tell uh, me I'm okay. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like the same complaint that I hear from a lot of artists. Um, that little bit of imposter syndrome while they're working on shit, whether it's tattooing or painting. Yeah. When people first start projects, they always freak the fuck out and they're like, This is terrible. I suck. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, if you just shut the fuck up and, and finish it, <laughs> chances are you'll like it in the end. Yeah. Do you ever get that where you're doing? <laughs> I don't really have much advice to throw at you, but <laughs> just shut the fuck up. I mean, if you feel guilty about the price, then just like throw on a discount later on. You know, I knocked off a hundred dollars even. I said it's a grand. And she kind of hummed and hawed, and I said, "Well, let's just do nine hundred bucks, right?" And she was okay with that. And she, and then it came up to like, you know, you do the the card thing because she wanted to run a card. And it comes like, "Do you want a tip?" And she like, she like hard paused, looking at it, and looked at me, and then looked back at it, and she slowly lifted her head and looked at me, and I'm like, "You don't have to tip me. Like, I don't need a tip. It's just there if you want to." She's like, "Oh, oh okay." And then, like, did it no tip and fucking signed off on shit. And I was like, every ounce of these fucking few hours has made me like really, because logically, I know I'm good at my job. Like, I, I know I'm good at my job, you know, but emotionally, I'm like a stunted four year old. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I don't know if I know how to do this shit. And I'm like panicking, right? Because it's, that's a lot I mean, of if it makes money. you feel better. Yeah. Uh, I've watched Katana charge people like 700 bucks for something that's palm sized. Fuck. Is it for real? And people will just pay it. They don't even give a fuck. So. Jeez. Okay. That works. She's gotten so fucking good, dude, in the past like two years. I know. I've yelled at her a lot. She's. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, dude. I was just say like she's gotten so, like she's she's at that cusp, you know, like right where she's like gonna get like com- it looks like she's nearly really comfortable 
with what she's doing right. right she has like a foundation finally and she's testing that foundation i seen a couple of her pieces i was like dude like that's that's like i can't i if i were to nitpick and be my you know science self i'd be like well i can find all these little things wrong with it but i'm looking at it as a, um a client I, I can't find a lot of shit wrong with her stuff like it's really consistently just the same good stuff her color saturation since since she started working with you oh my god what it right <clears throat> i like seeing katana like being able to drop all of that stuff right and taking a second to analyze and she had to have done something in her head you know and to be able to reanalyze and retrain and start going through stuff and slowly pick off things one at a time you know listening to you like i i just imagine your critiques that's bad that's just like you know well so it turned into now when she posts up on instagram i'll screenshot it if i really like what she did and I'll be like, oh, this yeah. is great. Keep doing that. You know, instead of the negative route, like, this is awful. Don't do that. Now it's just like, this one's fucking awesome. Yeah, I've seen a couple of her stuff. I can't, I can't, like, I've tried to delay any posts from her because she has so many sexual innuendo posts where she's like three quarters naked or some shit. I can't, like, deal with it. But then every once in a while you get this tattoo, I'm like, hey, Katana, that's fucking rad, bro. You know? <laughs> I want to see some fucking like 21 year old fucking three quarter naked dancing around in some fucking country in Western bars. It's not my jam, right? I want to see some <laughs> cool tattoos. Do kind of wish that she had separate Instagram accounts. For her. <laughs> but at the same time, you be you, kid. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Your, I'm not your grandma. No, it's, it's, it's a new new generation, right? I, I was thinking about that today, actually, is this um, for topics. I don't know. Did you send it over any this week? I have no idea. I'm sure I texted you about something, but I have no idea something, what. Yeah. Now we talked about a bunch of shit the other day on the car ride. I had a question that came in tattoo related, but we, let's do painting. And then a tattoo related question was about apprentices and how to prepare. You know? How to prepare what? how to prepare not only for trying to get an apprenticeship but also like what do you need to bring what is required you know and I, I thought it would be an interesting topic because so many shops do things so differently I wrote dude I wrote a book <laughs> no <laughs> shit I wrote I literally wrote a book on the philosophy of apprenticeship in tattooing in the western world and I had correlatives between it and Japan um because I I I I there's a lot of things with Japanese culture, I think, that's broken and not good from an outsider's perspective, of course, right? Looking at how the Japanese do things, like you, like if you think of anything, right, the Japanese are like that only more so. And right. I forget who coined that term, right? It's like, you know, if, if we make a, a car in America, the Japanese do as well, but only more so. And it's like the best way to describe their mentality, right? You go from a feudal state, like the 1800s, to a fucking global dominating force that only backed down because of nuclear weapons. <clears throat> and they still found people 30 years later in the fucking islands like Papua New Guinea and stuff, right? With fucking polished ready rifles in the fucking bush ready to go and kill motherfuckers. Which is just, I, 
you couldn't find someone from fucking Texas who'd wait two weeks to get something done. You know what I mean? Like to think of a Japanese individual who's ready to fucking die for the emperor 30 years after the war ended and just wouldn't believe it. This is propaganda. You showed me like magazines, newspaper clips. No, fuck that. It's not real. It's, it's insane. So I, I, I always wanted to pull that into that idea of apprenticeship, right? Like, because that it's ingrained into their society. You know what I mean? Like, and if you're learning something, you can't just do it halfway. You have to go the whole way. You have to sacrifice. You have to do all this stuff. So when I was thinking about that, that question of like, what should I bring to an apprenticeship? It's like, okay, well, I can think about tools, equipment, experience, but what about your mentality, your energy, your fucking emotion, your, you know, right. Tools, equipment, show none of that matters. All you need to bring is an open mind and mentality that you're there to actually learn something. Yeah. Something you've never experienced before in your entire fucking life, you know? I was thinking it, it, it's so difficult nowadays, at least in my experience, so I'm thinking about those young people coming in and who are excited about the idea of tattoo. And I don't know if you've seen this too, but like when I, when I look at them, I know that they're not thinking about it in, in a realistic sense. Like they walk in the door and I, I'm no, I'm no different. When I first came into tattoo and I thought I was going to be tattooing strippers and rock stars. And that was it. I didn't think I'd ever have somebody over 147 pounds who was female. And every dude I had was going to tattoo had a 14 foot long dick. Like I just thought it was going to be fucking the pinnacle of whatever that bro culture was going to be. And then like two weeks in, I was like, wow, this is way different than what I thought. (laughs) I got no choice over what I designed. I have no freedom. I've got a budget I've got to stick to. I'm, I'm basically working for Disney, you know, I guess maybe it was, I don't know. How would I say that? Like it it made me feel better or maybe it also made me feel worse in some ways because like, I, I can just see how like unevolved I was as a younger person when I got in tattooing, right? And I see people making the same fucking mistakes. You know what I mean? So I was thinking if, and you're the person I, honestly, you're the person I would go to if I was thinking about like, how, how would we approach, you and I own a business together, whatever, right? You got people coming in who are going to want apprenticeship. It doesn't even have to be tattooing, just anything. You would be the motherfucker I would put out there and just be like, you got to go talk to this guy. (laughs) (laughs) If he says you're okay, we're golden. Like you can take the fucking first six months. I'm always like a continuing education kind of person. Hi, Cassie. You're always the type of person I imagine. Like if I was to have, like if I had my child and I've I've got, I've got three kids, right? If I had two of them, I think would actually want to get into tattooing. But if I had two of them, I'd say, if you were agreeing, to it of course to begin with but i would send them off to you i beg if you can last 18 months at brian's dude we can get to work and that's it you know like it you pack a lunch. yeah just pack a lunch <laughs> that's so fucking great one because i know regardless of my kids or not you look at them like a fucking piece of meat anybody like, i don't give a shit I don't care who your dad is. I don't care who the <laughs> fuck you think you are. I don't give a fuck about anything. This is the job that we're working in. You have to have respect. If you don't have respect, you're not going to learn anything. If you're not going to learn anything, I'm not going to fucking teach you. And I see you kind of like 
in my mind's eye, my fangirly phase with you stuff, dude, like it's always that you're kind of like this like old, you know, like fifth generation, you know, I've been passed down all of the weight of the fucking world of tattooing onto my shoulders artistically and otherwise. And like, if for me to give you 10% of what I know, you've got to be fucking special. Otherwise, you can just suck a big bag of dicks because I'm not going to tell you shit. And I, <clears throat> I love that, right? Like, I think that's, I think it's fucking like, I mean, I think we talked about this before. Like, we, we always needed that control on how this stuff was being passed forward. Because if it's just let loose, you know, and anyone can learn and, any, you know, there's benefits to that, but there becomes a muddling of like right. the industry, right? It's information that's too easy, easily obtained. It it gets uh, kind of disintegrated, right? Like almost that telephone game happens where it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and worse as it's passed along. Whereas yeah. if, it's, if it's made correctly or passed along correctly, it's yeah. full retained information. You know, that's why an apprenticeship should take two years or longer. It's spending the time to actually learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. It's like you can be shown evidence, ideas, logic, thought, process, application, any of this stuff. But if you don't know how to interpret the information, right, it has to be funneled specifically. And it's not <clears throat> that that kind of seems gatekeeper, but I always figured with this weird thing that I was writing before is that it's not that it's funneled for through you. So you can release it at, at, you know, whim to whoever needs it, but it's that as you as an educator coming into this, trying to apprentice someone one, if you fail, it's be, then that means that they haven't done, been able to do their job, be successful, do any of this other stuff. It's always reflection back on the person who's training. Right. So like when you're, when you're teaching something, you're always trying to tailor fit it. Oh, fuck that worked out well, right <laughs> to the individual that you're working with. Right. <clears throat> because it's not about just like, there's rote memorization that's going to go into this stuff. Like everyone hands moves, moves differently. You have a different understanding of color theory in, in interpretation of the world around you, your own baggage that you bring into stuff. And is like an, an educator who's working one-on-one -on -one with an individual. Your job is always like trying to, figure out like how can i get this shit into your fucking fat head especially when you first start you know what i mean there's that saying that um practice makes perfect right but that's an absolute bullshit scenario it doesn't work the only thing that makes no. perfect is perfect practice and the only way to learn perfect practice is to have somebody that can actually show you what practices to do and what practices to avoid if you're just rushed through an apprenticeship that's only eight months long, that means that that asshole didn't care to teach you anything correctly. You know, they yeah. just taught you a handful of bad habits and those bad habits are what you're practicing until somebody else comes along and smacks you in the fucking head, right? But if yeah. somebody takes an appropriate amount of time with you, they're trying to teach you the best practices. And that's really fucking hard to do. It is really hard. Have you ever thought that like where we're at, like you and I specifically, I guess, like where we're at in our understanding of the industry, our interpretation, all that stuff is that we're kind of handed like new reins in relation to how the industry is going to progress going forward. 
you know, like I, the, the people who taught me were shit. I mean, to be honest, like I don't, I'm really grateful for the training, but like they didn't, they didn't know how to train anyone, right? They wanted to do something else, try out new techniques on a fucking willing canvas, get someone to clean their shop. Like there was always like a caveat to everything that was going on. Right. And a lot of it was left up to trial and error. And like, I have 20 years of trial and error. Right. And so when it comes down to like teaching someone and you're funneling it down that, that proper practice, like when it's focused, like you already know what not to do (laughs) because fucking done it. (laughs) You know, so I guess my question would be like, for those people who maybe have an apprentice and they are maybe taking a bit laissez-faire, like how do you, how do you find that ability to start funneling stuff down? Like, you know, it's that you, you are taking it as seriously as what is uh, demanded, I guess, by this industry to help it move forward, you know, to help it become better. You know, and maybe what do you think about the future? Like, where do you see tattooing going from where you are right now? I don't know. I don't like to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good, dude. I mean, there's there's so many facets that play into the idea of like, where's tattooing going to be in the next 20 years, right? Uh, One, that relies a lot on the clientele. Two, that relies a lot on the market, inflation, whatever's being yeah. newly invented, created, um, manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who's going to come out with the next dumbass laser robot fucking tattoo machine or whatever the fuck it is, right? And as far as the tattoo artists go, not a lot is going to fucking change. Yeah. You know, it isn't, like, is it? The biggest impact so far that tattooing has received was social media. And as social media changed and tattoo artists conformed to it, we saw a really big degrade in how tattooing was being produced. Instead of caring about the client that's going to come back in two years from now and punch you in the face, people just give a fuck about rushing through their tattoo and trying to get a good picture for the, you know, social media, Instagram, all that bullshit. Um, Yeah. So a lot of facets play into that. And you can't teach people. Well, you can, but not very easily. You, you know, teach people to take their shit seriously. And unfortunately, more and more often now, people are taking the work less and less seriously. They're tattooing garbage on fucking people. It's become a trend to tattoo garbage on people. Um, they don't give a fuck about the longevity of the work anymore. They just give a shit about their stupid picture um yeah but a lot of that once again it's gonna fall on the clientele you know if the clientele is perfectly fine with their tattoo would be like shit a year from now that's their fault you know if they don't come back and bitch and scream at their tattoo artist then they're half the problem the tattoo artist not getting yeah. a shit producing is the other half of the problem dude i i i totally said there, there used to be a it was a reciprocal relationship right? Like, like there was always, even if there wasn't trust initially in the design, because trust was given one way versus the other, you know, you maybe weren't experienced as an artist, maybe you were, maybe the client was ignorant or not. Eventually at the outcome, there was always a comeuppance that you were forced to deal with. And now, oh gosh, that's so funny. I know so many clients that'll, that'll go to social media 
to get an interpretation and uh, of what is good or what is not because they actually don't know you know and it, it's weird because i'm seeing a lot of people being trained in that like mindset right like you have to make sure that this is photo ready for instagram it's not about understanding application interpretation anything like this no we want you to stylize now pick one thing we know you're good at it's not i don't want you to learn i want you to get good like that's it i mean the biggest flaw that's happening there is people want their tattoo to look good on a two inch by two inch square right mm -hmm. like that's pretty much all you're seeing on your phone screen yeah two by two inches what you yeah. should be wanting is you want your shit to look good on a screen that's 75 inches by 45 inches. You know? Yeah. If you can pull that shit up on your TV screen in your living room and it looks good, then you did a good fucking job. You know, like yeah. it just makes sense. This this goes back to your thing, right? About I know I know I always overthink stuff. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. And uh but I remember I always asked, like, what do you think a good tattoo is? You're like, I don't know. I just look at it and it's a good tattoo. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because from five feet, from five inches, from a five inch screen to 50 inch screen, if it looks like a good tattoo, it, it fucking is. And you can tell, right? Like there's a different vibe. It's <clears throat> who's I talking to this way? I was talking to somebody about a tattoo that they wanted to get. And they were young, like 19, you know, they want to get a huge mandala back piece. And uh, I've been talking to them for over a year, multiple consults, emails, all this stuff, because they just, they weren't a hundred percent about the idea. And this last time I talked to them, I think it was on Friday and they went, you know, I think I'm not the same person I was last year. And I want to abandon this idea. And I'm like, Oh, really? Why? <laughs> and she said, well, I kind of got caught up in what everyone else thinks is cool. And I don't know if, that's me <laughs> and i was like right on do you want to go look at some of the tattoos you sent me let's pull them apart and so we did she sent me like 10 references dude we went through them and i was pointing out stuff and she's like oh my gosh i didn't know this i'm like yeah these aren't really good tattoos i mean they look neat from a very specific distance right um but they're they're not really good tattoos <clears throat> and she, she was just like floored you know and then I, I remember we talked about the actual idea. She wanted to do like a curious George tattoo. And it was weird because when we were first talking about the tattoo, her her like energy and everything was just so sure. It was like she was almost deluding herself. Like this has to be it. And when we came down to talking about the curious George tattoo, she was like, yeah, I, that would be really good. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, snapshot. So think about where you are right now. Like that is a good tattoo. You know, you're going to like it in 20 years, right? It's just, it applies to you. It doesn't matter where it's at. So, and I went through this long checklist and she's like, oh, wow. I think you're right. Yeah, this other stuff's bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. So we're, we're doing a little fucking Curious George slicker suit tattoo, you know. I know you don't have any size of reference and fucking, I don't know, it's like a fucking playing card. <laughs> right. I like making shapes in the fucking, the fucking Zoom call. Here, Brian, it's this big. Fucking. That's <laughs> so stupid. It's, it's like um, that, that idea. I, for one, fucking hate decorative tattooing. You know, no offense. Well, kind of to a lot of those decorative tattoo artists out there. It seems so fucking pointless. 
Yeah. You know, and especially once people are doing it on such a massive scale, like there's people that get like their whole fucking body done in what yeah. like a fucking rug. <laughs> you know, it's just the random geometric pattern on somebody's fucking bathroom curtain. So <laughs> I don't really get it. I don't see how that appeals to somebody for the rest of their life. Oh. You know, we change the curtains in our house periodically for a reason. They mean nothing yeah. to us. So if we start to think about those ideas, right? Like we change our curtains, we change furniture, we change, you know, the rugs and shit like that in our house. But we don't change the pictures of our loved ones. You know, we don't change the fucking baseball card collection. <laughs> we don't change these things that are incredibly yeah. personal to ourselves. They're always there. They're always present. That's so cool. So I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to pull that back into that apprenticeship thing. It's like, if I was looking for somebody, right, who was coming into this and they were fucking gung-ho, fucking 100% in, you know, I've, I've got this, I bought a machine, you know, I've got 500 fake skins with good artwork on them. I got a killer portfolio. I got all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> but they come into it thinking about like, what can this do for me? It's almost like a deal breaker on my side, you know, because it's like, that's not what this is about. <laughs> like so you're like, if they're fame chasing or like stardom chasing, then you're just going to don't fuck up. Kind of. Yeah, I think so, dude. You know, it's because like, it, that's it lacks the collaboration that is absolutely necess necessary in, in this because it, I love the curtain analogy, right? I, I can't go into your house right now, Brian, and say, hey, you need to put these fucking curtains up. It'll be sick. You'd be like, get <laughs> fucked. Like, you had to, like, no. You know, I'm going to tell you how, like, you don't need an island in your kitchen. That's stupid. Why don't we put a fucking drain and a toilet in it? Like, you won't, it doesn't matter, right? We're always having to work together with everything that we're doing, regardless. If I was your contractor, if I was your friend, if I was your fucking priest, it wouldn't matter, right? Like, that's your fucking shit. You have to know the person. And I think it's like, maybe that's the thing that I look for the most in people when they're trying to do this is that that willingness to empathize or like that level of empathy, which I know you'll, you'll say till the fucking cows come home. I've got no fucking empathy. No, you have no sympathy. I know you have zero. I have zero sympathy. That's byproduct of growing up fucking Irish. Right. But the empathy thing, you have to connect with the person across from you just enough. Right. So you can give them what the fuck they want. Right. <laughs> you know? so if you're coming into it and you're just like well this is what i want to do well fuck off like that's not gonna work man <laughs> like <laughs> at least i think back to like when i started and i thought i was just gonna be tattooing fucking strippers and rock stars i still thought when i got into it maybe this is what got me my initial job i wanted to do what they wanted to do on their bodies i just want to be a part of it you know I was willing to take the time, connect, do the stuff that was going on. Ooh, that's weird. What if that is why I got <laughs> hired? I owe a lot more respect to the people I fucking work with. That's for sure. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> that's weird. I never put tattooing on a pedestal. You know, uh, tattooing, in my opinion, was always a quote unquote noble profession or, yeah. you know, it yeah, was a absolutely. shit job. <laughs> it, it's lowbrow nobody fucking gives a yeah. shit about that two artists you know uh yeah it's such a negative connotation uh yeah so 
I just got into tattooing because I didn't really think I'd be good at anything mm. else. For real though, like I literally just like tried to look at my life when I was a you know pathetic little teenage loser, and I was just like, I don't have any fucking clue what I would be able to actually do for the rest of my life. So I might as yeah. well do this tattoo thing and hope for the fucking best. <laughs> yeah. Actually, dude, that's kind of where I was at with this stuff too. Honestly. When when I got into it, I thought like, I think I could be really good at this. And it was weird because like I had a bunch of shit I was good at, right? But just good at, but it didn't, it didn't challenge me. I think that was my biggest thing, right? Like I know I think like I knew I could be good at tattooing if I put in the work. Like if I really tried, if I, you know. And I didn't try on fucking anything in my life. I was always, I skated through fucking everything in my life. Right. Like, I was just like, math, fuck it. And I fucking aces, you know, like, oh, history, aces, fucking science, aces. And it was never hard. And then I got into tattooing. I remember, like, the first tattoo I did was just, it's so bad. I still wear it. It was such a bad tattoo. And I remember I did it. And it was like when I started playing guitar, I, I, I said, I, I'm not going to learn sheet music for this. This would be the one instrument that I don't learn how to play. I want to train myself to like feel the music. I wanted to hear it and I wanted to interpret it and figure it out blind. Right. And I was really bad at guitar. <laughs> I'm okay now. But tattooing that first one, I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm not okay. But then, you know, I delude myself and I'm like, well, you know, like one day you could be and this is okay out of this fucking six by nine piece, this one inch section that turned out well, the rest of it, oh, you can fix it later. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be fucking great one day, you know, <laughs> I had to work so fucking hard at this shit. This is tattooing is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Hands down. We'll rephrase that. Tattooing good is hard. <laughs> anybody can you know just fucking all shit and garbage on people it doesn't take much science yeah i i'm looking back at it now as like i'm 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 okay at tattooing and it's like i'm thinking about it through that filter yes you're fucking absolutely right like being being good at this it's 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 really hard being practiced and being good right or just being practiced in general it's fucking hard right it's hard once it clicks in your head that like oh shit there's people <laughs> that do this that actually have a standard or a priority that is so fucking far above <laughs> me and like it gives you a new thing to try to obtain right but previous yeah. to that knowledge then you're just like oh yeah i'll just do whatever the fuck and it'll be great you know yeah I totally did that, dude. When when did you or were you, were you in an apprenticeship or were you doing an apprenticeship? Were you training when that occurred where all of a sudden you seen like that elevation? Were you like seen something and you talked to someone, you heard something, you're like, whoa, like I thought I knew all of this. And then it just like went away. Somewhere within like my first five years, uh I started to get really into the tattoo magazines and just like seeing what was actually in them because I had never bought them before and I never gave a shit to look at them. Um, but I started to flip through them and, you know, just see work from all these different people. And I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> there's people out here just like <laughs> killing it, you know? Uh, yeah. And 
you know, before that, you know, I was always really aware of like good art, bad art, etc. So I was already trying to do shit that I thought was good or cool, but I didn't look at like tattoo quote unquote art within its own uh, subjugated little genres and then look at those and see that there's standards within those genres and there's like great artists within those genres and bad artists in those genres you know uh, so if any of that made sense <laughs> you no, know because I, I totally traditional get it. tattooers yeah. and then there's really fucking good traditional tattooers and there's really bad traditional yeah. tattooers but then yeah. there was new school tattooers and there was really oh, fucking good me. new school tattooers really good really yeah. fucking bad new school tattooers so once i started to like see all these like cool genres that were inside of tattooing it was it made like a big impact like oh shit like it's not just one solidified form of artwork you know yeah. there's all these specific little groups and all these dudes that kill it and i was like so that's fucking cool and then that turned yeah. into like a big jump into like really trying to get into figuring out all these little genres and all their tiny little nuances and shit like that yeah dude i'm with you on that 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 makes so much sense pulling it back around to like looking at an apprentice right <clears throat> the more you have figured out when you get into something the more you have to deconstruct to like like learn you know so if you already have an idea about what you're going to do how you're going to learn what you want to specialize in what you think you need to do all this other stuff <clears throat> you're going to constantly be as an educator at least right like you and i were doing an apprenticeship on someone you have to fight that idea the whole fucking time <laughs> it's like i only want to do minimalism bathroom shower curtain designs <laughs> it's like well you've got to do the sacred heart <laughs> <laughs> How do we get you interested in this, you know? I've been thinking about this while we were talking so far. And a lot of people that know me know that I do not take on apprentices. I just don't give a fuck for the idea at the moment. But I do take on a lot of newbie tattoo artists yeah. and help them develop as tattoo artists, you know? So trying to rationalize what it is i do while having this conversation about apprentices because i don't ever consider them apprentices you know like typically these people have ta been tattooing for two or three or five years so yeah yeah i i get that quite a bit too dude but i i think it's it's difficult when you look at it outwards so i i look at the people that i help you got hundreds of fucking people you know and you do this as well, like hundreds of people a year will reach out, ask for something, do something. And you may not look at them as an apprentice, but they look at you as a mentor. Right. You know? And it's weird. I don't know if that, I'm into this big, like self delusion. I'm reading this fucking book right now. You, you, I think you would actually like this. Mistakes were made, but not by me. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really interesting. They're just like how we can through compartmentalization like make things that we do that are shitty okay and i and i'm not doing that so i don't fucking care like all of us lie and cheat and steal and we all do stupid stuff all the time right but 
I was trying to utilize some of the philosophy in this book <clears throat> to look at like just a ton of shit in my life anyways. I'm in this self-searching, I'm fucking 40 and I need to figure my shit out phase, right? Is this your midwife crisis? fuck fuck the ferrari i'm buying 7.99 books off of fucking amazon that would actually be me pretty good buddy um yeah oh fuck yeah yeah my my wife she's like every once in a while you get real quiet and it's scary and i'm like what do you mean and she's like i can't express it to you but like you change but she would was like oh i'm always quiet <laughs> right, <laughs> but she says like your 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 facial you know like expressions your body language everything changes and it just looks like you want to fucking murder someone and uh i was like oh yeah <laughs> it happens every once in a while it's fine i'm normally a pretty happy dude you know and she's like you gotta go talk to a shrink i was like all right you know i'll do that um this is might as well you know i've never talked to a shrink. the last shrink i talked to i was 14 years old and uh my mom my mom was nuts growing up <clears throat> so she had me talking to this dude and this dude was saying this stuff and that the, the initial session ended with me walking up and drilling this fucking dude in the face i broke his nose and i walked out <laughs> like how you should have you know therapy uh i'm talking to this new person she's just young full of life and you know shit she's not irish so that's all right but she doesn't understand the whole Irish thing because I'll use that as kind of like a cop out. She's like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes I have nightmares. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I'm Irish. <laughs> and she's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, if you're Irish, you fucking get it. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, she's laid me through all this stuff. And my fucking brain's a mess. And I was like, you know, I'm trying to figure out like when rationalizations occur, you know as a person or whatever like what how am i deluding myself how am i like kind of like telling myself this 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 so i found this lady carol tavers she's super fucking smart lady i started reading the book and then i was like oh fuck automatically tattoo brain took it and pivoted it right towards tattooing i'm like shit like how uh, how am i deluding myself through this stuff and that's why i kept coming back to like this training thing i guess in the back of my mind because i'm trying to think about if i think something or if i think i know something or if i think i understand something like how can i be sure that i do right that's one and if i am sure in a, a way or whatever whatever limited fucking scope that we could do with this like how can i pass that off the fuck to someone right without wanting to fucking kill them of course but it, you know <clears throat> it's stupid i keep i I just keep coming back around to that idea right like i, I remember coming into this business at fucking 19 and just being lost and thinking this and that and it took me like a fucking decade to get over anything dude and like if i were to train someone i don't want them the first year <laughs> i don't i don't fucking want to take someone super green and be like here i need you to draw a ton of circles on a page to build up your muscle i don't want any of that shit i want somebody who has like a grounded foundational knowledge which i think you're like in the same way right you're three years in come talk to me we'll talk about shit and and it, you know if this is how you well, want to learn draw circles all day. You, know? you ask anybody that's fucking worked for me, I'll tell them go buy a fucking sketchbook and fill every page of that sketchbook with, you know, if they're having trouble drawing snakes, draw a thousand snakes. If they're having trouble drawing yep. hearts, draw a thousand fucking hearts. I don't give a it's fuck about your bullshit excuses. Just do it. Just do it. That's I I 
the first real critique I got was from a world-class artist about eight, eight, eight and a half, nine years into tattooing. And I, I, it was just when I started moving away from doing realism, which I know we both have talked at length about that stuff before, right? So I get presented with this design and I'm not a, an illustrator by any means, like in, in tree, I've had to really work hard to try and do illustrations in general. And I was asked to do a four leaf clover tattoo, you know, silver dollar sized on an ankle simple black outline, but they wanted gray interior, a gray shamrock set for the clover. I know how to fucking do it. Wait, oh, gray or gray watch? Uh, that, so that was a question I probably should have asked. I did a gray wash. <laughs> they didn't want gray wash. They wanted gray, but I didn't even know enough color theory at the beginning to even understand how to make fucking, like I knew how to, right? But I didn't, it was weird. Like, i i knew how to like do it if i was being an artist but like the art and tattoo thing had never really melded in my head <clears throat> i remember i did this tattoo dude and it was super simple it was like a 60 dollar tattoo back in the day and i fucked it up and this world-class artist gave me the best critique i've ever had because i think it was like one of those like if i were to <laughs> you would have done this to me <laughs> and that's how i know i can like qualify for you he looked at me and he's like, you are the worst fucking tattoo artist I've ever seen in my entire life. You need to quit or kill yourself. But regardless, leave tattooing because you're not good. And you think you are. And you're not. You're really, really, really bad. And he just like turned and walked away. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Ooh. I'm like, have you seen my realism stuff? He's like, I don't care about you. That's not tattooing, dude. That's paint by numbers. Anyone can fucking do that. I was like, Phew. my whole ego just got ripped out of my body and fucking just, just pummeled with a fucking AR on the ground, right? So I got fired, of course. And uh, this dude's really, really famous. <laughs> and I went home and I was like, just nursing my wounds, right? And I was like, fuck, maybe I'm not good. Maybe I thought that I was, you know, blah, 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 deluding myself, all this other shit. I was like, I just got to start over. Like, I got to figure out what the fuck to do. Like, I don't know how to illustrate. And so I, I, I didn't know how to draw a flower, which now I'm like the flower guy or whatever, right? So I went and I picked a fucking rose that day, cut it off, and I held it in my hand, and I drew it while looking at it. And then I swept the page on my fucking uh, drawing tablet or pad, right? Moved it you know, a little bit, drew it again. Moved it, drew it again, moved it. Like, just all these different perspectives on it. I had to draw that fucking rose a hundred times, just quick sketches, 10 minutes in and out. And I, you know, I got them all down. I spent the whole fucking day doing this. And then I looked at that first drawing and I looked at the last drawing and the last drawing looked like a fucking rose. And the first one looked like toast. And I was like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is how you become practiced, right? Like this is how you get into it. I always wanted to be practiced. I just know how to go about it. I did the fucking, that exact same thing, dude. I grabbed everything I could and I drew it and drew it and drew it and drew it and drew it, and drew it. fucking over and over and over stacks and stacks and stacks. I'll fucking show you the shit filled fucking stacks and stacks and stacks of fucking shit, right? 60 gallon fucking tub filled with art books, right? Of just shit. Somebody come to me and be like, I want a bluebird tattoo. I'm like, I don't know how to draw a fucking bluebird. All right, let's book this out for three weeks. And they go out and buy a 50 fucking sheet page front and back. And I draw bluebirds all fucking day long. Bop, 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 bop every style, everything else. And somebody come in like, I want this, but oh yeah, cool. And I just like free handed on it. they like, you're such a good artist. 
I'm like, man, that took a lot of work. <laughs> well, I mean, there's easier ways to get through these things, but I think yeah. the, 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 the thing that you're mm. teaching your brain is identification. And in yeah. the art world, um, they start you by breaking everything down into basic shapes, right? Building blocks. Yeah. And then those shapes lend itself to an anatomical structure, right? And then from structure, you just have to add simple detail, right? So yeah. when you're the tattoo artist and you're just drawing something repetitive over and over and over and over and over again, you're training yourself kind of a uh, reverse engineering technique of simple identification. Pulling out shapes. Right, that's all you're really doing. Yeah. But you have to draw it a thousand times for your brain to collect that information, like that idea of seeing things from multiple different angles and drawing them constantly in different uh, poses and structures. And all you're doing is teaching yourself to identify building blocks. So I could have saved maybe a decade if I just went the other <laughs> right. way. Right. <laughs> exactly. Is, yeah. This is where your your tattoo IQ, I always figured, is so much higher than mine, you know? Because you just oh. like, you found something and you, you looked at it different, you know? You filtered it through your arts. And you're a fucking really good artist, dude. So it's like, this makes sense. And you don't have to question it. Right, because it's it's already built up a foundation of something else. It's not like you're going into it and you have to keep testing. Is this right? Is this right? Is this right? So generally, you know? the way that I uh, show people this kind of shit is, like, let's say, you know, ask them to draw like an iris flower, which if they don't know what an iris flower yeah. looks like or it's their first time ever attempting to draw it, it's gonna look like dog shit, right? So yeah. ask them to draw it already knowing that it's going to look like shit right yeah and then once it looks like shit then i can tell them specifically the only reason this looks bad is because you don't know what you're drawing right and yeah. they're, they're gonna run two ways there or they're just gonna be like well yeah i've never drawn one or looked at one before you know yeah. which is like duh or they're gonna go <laughs> oh no you know i've, I've drawn these like a hundred times blah, 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 blah. This is just my style. Like, so you're full of shit, right? Yeah. And then from that's that garbage. point, you can be like, okay, look, this is how you need to do this. Pull up a hundred references of viruses. But when you pull up the references of viruses, right? Or whatever fuck flower it is, don't just get the same bloomed, stupid fucking flower image. Get one that's just a baby iris, just a tiny little bud get one that's just barely blooming, another one that's a little bit more open, another one that's fully bloomed, get a reference of a dead one, you know, get oh, references of the yeah. inside of the iris, it's stamens, pistils, petals, leaves, shape of the yeah. fucking stalks, and identify all of these things, draw every small part of this flower, and then come start to analyze every aspect that totally makes sense i actually that's what i started doing after doing all this stuff is i started being able to i so the the first flower i watched and every day i watched it as it bloomed was a, a peony right a little fucking nasty bud on the ground covered in ants and slowly like popped and pulled out 
and it it it, it was weird because all of a sudden i understood how it bloomed and right. i was like oh shit that's why that so i knew like a center point like where to pull the pedals out like where they would be connected at and i had like a 3d representation in my mind your way is so much more efficient than my garbage like <laughs> you're like you're already building this ontology you're like you're creating that foundation so that your brain naturally will be like oh so I have this space between when it's budded and it's like quarter full. Well, I already know kind of like both of these because I've drawn it a few times. I can, I can kind of mimic what I know is going to be here. You can just figure it out. And then you just have it. That's, I feel like such a fucking dupe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the goal is once you know anatomy of an object, yeah. you know how to design or break the anatomy to make it a stylized image, right? So like we can only draw a rose if we understand every part of the rose or why the rose is shaped like a rose, right? The spiral pattern that the rose petals grow in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's always surrounding that stamen and pistil area where all the pollen is produced, right? So we have to understand all these structures. And once we understand them all and why they happen the way that they happen, you can draw it from any position no matter what, with your eyes closed, because it's just that easy. Your brain identifies everything. It gives you all the information you need. Dude. Oh God. I love talking to you. That just like totally filled in one of the blanks that I had with something. I, I do short. I, I know you do too. And you shortcuts and 90% of the stuff that I've, I draw just because there's, if you look at something, you can always find one unifying factor, at least in my experience of something, a shape or, you know, like it, a, a lot of old school designs have like a loose S or an egg or, you know, a cage right. or whatever. Right. So you use those as those foundations. And I was just thinking about like, it's super hard to take a traditional esque rose or flower pattern and try to pivot it at the perspective. Like I'm always accustomed just to doing like that egg or K egg and an X, you know, whatever. And just like, this is how you get it. And I like my brain literally just went and I was like, Oh shit, dude. If I foreshorten that fucking kick, I can like change the perspective, right? Like when you do cherry blossoms, you just do a five point star, you know? And if you like take that five point star and you just tip it back. So like the legs are a little bit longer and the top's a little bit shorter. You can add perspective to a fucking cherry. I just like, thank you for the art lesson, Brian. Cause my brain is just like, I'm going to, I want to do some flower tattoos now. This is like watching a skateboarding video when you're a teenager and being like, I want to hit a half pipe. Like, <laughs> that's rad. I totally want to go out and do some of that. So I'm thinking about some of the stuff I, I'm weak at pulling off the cuff, right? Like um, uh, certain Japanese designs. I have, I have a really hard time with some of the masks, like the no masks, you know, Onihanyas, all that stuff. And it, it's the perspective on that stuff i always tend to really build it around the nose and it shouldn't be you know what right. i mean like and so they always have this really prominent heavy nose i remember i got a, a critique from this one dude once and he's like that nose looks like a great big dick <laughs> and i'm like well that's why i built it off, of. like, Don't build it off the nose. yeah totally a hook nose you know lots of texture you know like a really I mean, old wise dragon you know it works if you're drawing like tango because he's got that big long nose doesn't really work for a few yeah. others. No. And I never even thought about that, right? Like picking out those shapes. You get the shape of the mask. You already have like your pri um, your uh, uh, perspective lines for like where the eyes, nose, even spacing, all that stuff that's going across. If you want to make it a little bit wider, 
a little bit more narrow, wider mouth, whatever to like express those emotions. And then just like, like literally like just think about that 3D fucking perspective, right? Or the pull out those pieces. We're (laughs) going to crush your ideals. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, Okay. A no mask is expressionless. Oh, so I don't do a lot of Japanese stuff. It can be completely full of expression, but Mm -hmm. at like a standard straight point of view, it's almost generally no expression. It's all about the tilt of the mask. So masks are created in a way that depending on how the play actor picks up or puts down their head, whichever direction they tilt their head to, the mask will show a certain... Oh, shit! Dude! No, I I fucking watched some of those because I was trying to learn about, like... Like, I I wanted to see them in action. I never got that. I should have probably read more about it. I was like... Now they're doing like this, like this long head, like dip and weave, right? It's like, and their the face look one way, and then they would look another, and it was like very dramatic body posture and motions and stuff, right? And that like led so much, uh, like the mind, so much into like how you should in, interpret this. Like you said, and it's 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 fixed. It doesn't change. They're not changing masks randomly to like try and express right. stuff, right? It's they're oh. specifically crafted and designed to where depending on the lighting, the direction or tilt angle of their head casts a shadow that causes emotion in the mask. Oh, shit. That's really cool. Yeah, the craftsmanship that went into them is just fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, and they've been around for a a long time, question mark? Mm -hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of years? Yeah. Wow. That's super cool. I, I'm gonna have to condense all this stuff down. Like, dude, literally, like you blew my fucking mind with that stuff. That's I've been trying to figure out the the interpretation of this stuff. Like the nomads have always they've fucking I've never ever gotten them right. I've always tried to pick up the small details, the minutiae that's inside of them. Right. As opposed to trying to think about it as it's it's counterintuitive in a lot of ways, things that you had said before, which is gonna be something from real life versus an approximation of real life. You have to take it in its totality and you have to think about how it's actually existing in the environment for it to make sense. I mean, there's key characters that have some pretty eccentric faces, but for the most part, a lot of the characters are, like I said, from the right angle is basically completely expressionless until the mask is tilted. Wow. But that's also what makes it fucking creepy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah totally i was thinking about yeah if they have like a, a really strong like top light that's going down they tilt their head down they have a very dramatic shadow they'll, they'll actually construct them i'm guessing right to have like a higher brow line they'll cast a right. further shower some shadow to make it that's so fucking cool dude i didn't know that now our commercial break we got a we got a sponsorship uh sponsorship spot from Dragonhawk. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Actually, yeah. I, I, okay, so I think it's so fucking funny that it's Dragonhawk. <laughs> I thought you would have had a good laugh out of that, right? I was thinking about hitting up some other machine builders and stuff, and I was like, no, we got to go, like, let's just go, let's lean into this, right? Like, No, I, I have no shame in that, uh, dude. I tell every fucking 
tattoo her. Every single person I know, I was like, fuck yeah, Dragon Hawk, dude. <laughs> Spend a hundred dollars on a fucking machine. It lasts a year. You throw it away and buy a new one. Fuck it. Here's the shit, dude. Dude, like out of the entire picture of that elephant like i love the porcelain like that was rad the fucking background just that gradient i was so blown away by that out of everything the important key in that is that only about one inch of that entire background is black yeah yeah i noticed that dark and rich as it looks there's very little black being used in the entire day yeah I, I know it was it because the gradation, like you had a very strong, it was almost like an uh, ovular, uh, oval-esque shape at like the top corner for like the light source was coming um, forward. And, but that gradation around it, dude, moving down was like, Marie's like, this is, she was zooming in, dude. <laughs> She's like, look at those succulents. <laughs> she was like, wow, like that's really fucking good. Um, but I kept looking at the background because that transition like through down to like that bottom right hand corner where like there was like some darkness, darkness in it, right? Was so gradual and so smooth. I was like, fuck, dude, like that to me, that would have taken probably the most time <laughs> with the whole fuck. Because if that's not right, it's going to fuck everything else up, right? <laughs> I'm like, how much time did he spend on the fucking background on that? God damn. Um, probably three hours. Oh, so actually a decent amount of time on that. And that's uh, oil or acrylic? It's oil, right? It's oil, yeah. Uh, I don't like painting in acrylic. I can paint in acrylic, but I don't like to just because of the drying time. It dries so fast. And then if you don't want it to dry fast, you have to use a lot of mediums and like slow dry mediums and shit, but they dilute the pigment. So you don't get like really thick pigmented paint you get really thin shit that you have to do in layers like i just can't stand it i want my shit to be rich and just look how i want it to fucking look when i do it <laughs> yeah no so i i always had a problem with acrylics that way too because they fucking you had to use like yeah thinning wetting agents um and then like uh you have to pack pigment in certain way like you had to it was i'm not a great painter like you are but i always found it really complex because you're paying more attention to the actual process and the art at least in my experience right like i'm trying to think about how to do this versus like what i'm doing and it like was super distracting at least that stuff you know if you're doing like an ala prima painting you're just trying to get something down on on whatever and maybe it's a little abstract like they're fucking rad to do i i can't do ala prima fucking oil paintings they're not good (laughs) i paint per section in my paintings and every section that I paint is ala prima. So I oh. I don't usually paint in layers. I paint everything one section at a time and to completion. It's like with the with the new painting that you're doing with the um the the planter elephant succulents background gold shelf and stuff. Like you did like each one of those like aspects of the design individually bit by bit by bit. Right. I can literally just yeah. send you the progress photos because I take progress photos of each section as I finish them. Um, yeah. So like there's three different types of plants on the back of it. And each plant yeah. is probably broken into two sections. And each section yeah. of the plants takes five hours. 
holy shit you put in fucking work into this hell yeah dude i'm gonna go and look at it again while we're on the fucking thing here i was blown away i thought it was fucking great i had like this do you remember like some of the uh uh it's almost like cubism but like cubism with realism there's like that 80s there's 80s mid 80s early 90s move away from the coke fueled fucking whatever hair bands and shit like people started to do this like weird blend between straight lines and abstraction that had senses of realism it's it's like if you took like the fuck i'm trying to think have you ever seen those ones where they do like the the female portrait but it looked like they had like laser lines and shit in the background like it had a very distinct vibe to it i don't know what that fucking style of art is it's called nouveau riche and uh how you approached the lighting on this specifically like reminded me a lot of like this more like newer like you're not trying to mimic some type of old classical fucking bullshit like this is it's super new and unique especially the color tones on that dude those fucking plants are fucked good so good so my secret is that i found a random thing sitting on a shelf turned the flash on my camera on and took a picture of it (laughs) oh shit yeah, dude, I'm, I'm sitting there looking. I see the other shit you got in the background too, which I think is really cool. But that, that front line of the succulents, the first one versus the second, the highlight edge on the left with like those uh, slate grays, like light green mix <clears throat> is fucking rad. That's really cool. And then moving to like the warmer tone tips of like the, the next batch that's coming through where you keep that just on the very tip of that inside bit to like kind of connect them through is fucking brilliant, right? And then the very bright highlights on that far side like how you connected that through to like make it seem that's just it's fucking smart dude i i do know art i can critique the shit out of stuff and see this i'm like this is just smart right like yeah main tone off this goes into like the elephant statue as well like you took some of like those colors and like i i'm guessing like crossed them back and forth between like each one of those layers right like the plants and then the the plant holder to make sure the hard like part reflection off each other is that every section i paint um i usually like wait a few days before i go back into the next session Uh, so i have to clear off my entire palette and remix all my paint and everything else i always have to start my palette from scratch because i'm too stupid to save my palette (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say that it looks like it's it's flawless going through it i still love that background that's just fucking ridiculous um but that makes it even more technically adept because you're having to eyeball this shit. Right. Do you do, uh, do you do a lot of like underpainting undertones before you do any of this stuff or is this all just from pencil to finish? No, like I said before, every section is Alabrima. So no layers, no underpainting. It would probably work better if I did real underpaintings, but- Is that on board too? Oh, it is. Yeah, it? it's on wood. I like painting on wood. Um, I really prep. <laughs> mm. I buy a flat piece of wood and then I paint it. Um, there's I'm a lot sure. of people that'll like gesso the board and shit like that, and I don't yeah. care to waste the time to do it. You know, sand it, get anything polished up, anything like that. You just fucking go at it. Right. That's cool, dude. This is a re- this is really cool, and it from from my side looking at what you're doing if i was an art person i spent a lot of time with art people actually like back in the day surprisingly enough 
it looks like you're evolving towards trying to sell art instead of doing art. Mm, I'm just trying to find things that I find interesting to paint. Otherwise, I'll get bored and never finish the painting. Yeah, well, no, oh. totally. I, I know it would be <laughs> interesting to you and all this stuff. But I mean, at the same time, like the, the composition that's here is something that you can see in anyone's house. You're not painting a bunch of skulls. You're not doing tattoo shit, you know? Oh, the next one will probably be a skull. But... <laughs> so generally speaking, like if you go yeah. onto my Instagram, um, you know, there's like a pattern where I paint one painting is a skull, one painting is a flower. Next painting is a skull. Yeah. Next painting is a flower. <laughs> so, yeah, a Trump, a Trump Lale that you have the the coffin with the skull and the fucking right. you know. That's I, I remember. You finished that in like December, I think, last year. Um, I finished December, it January this year in November. I started it November. in yes, yeah, started it in October. So maybe I finished it in December. Yeah. It took a while. Remember, I, I seen that. And we, we'd spent some time doing art, and I always, I always followed all your art stuff. And it was like this, in my opinion, I, I don't know if you've always been holding back or something, but it was like this catapult in your skill level. Remember seeing the, the, the uh, I think you did with markers, the tattoo machine on, on paper, mm -hmm. which is like a simple box around it and stuff. I remember seeing that and I was like, that was, that was really good. I remember you showed it to me, you're like, I'm actually happy with this. And I was like, that's really fucking good. And it's almost like from that to that picture was like this like plateau broken, like you fucking double jumped up like 10 steps on a goddamn case. It was wild. So I always painted with oil paint and then I would put it away for like two or three years and then go just do something else. So uh, the yeah. marker thing was like, I wanted to produce fast. So I like, oh, yeah. what's gonna be fast? So at first I did watercolor um, and I like watercolor and I did a lot of big paintings with it. Um, I think they went up in the out of step gallery and a bunch of them went there, um, et cetera. But then I was like, fuck, this is just taking too long. What if I buy markers? So <laughs> bought a bunch of markers. And then yeah. I was doing a lot of like tattooy art shit. And I was like, I wonder what I could actually get away with. Like how realistic could I do something with the markers? So then that's <laughs> when I did the tattoo machine. And I was like, oh man, I'm actually yeah. like really stoked on that. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was so awesome. Like the, 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 I don't know how much effort like you actually put into like the color choices when you were doing it and stuff, but like that warm, rusty kind of like earthy foreground tones with the, like a super light neutral back tones. It, it was so, I, I remember that fucking, I'm not even looking at it, dude. I remember that picture. I was like, that's a really good <laughs> fucking picture. It was like really like, fucking hard to do with the markers. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was at your shop and you're like, I'm like, how long did that take? And you're like, I don't remember what you said. It was four hours at one time plus something else blah 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 blah. And i'm like what yeah it, <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> so what what pushed you into doing the um the oil painting like more recently just wanted something that was more fun realistically it 
I fucking hate art, okay? Like, I'm just going to throw it out there. I fucking hate it. I hate doing it. I hate the amount of time it fucking takes. Um, but yeah. at the same time, I love art, right? Like, it's so fucking neat to sit down and just, like, turn nothing into something. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with it. Um, the Trump oil is probably my favorite thing to do. Just try to make shit look as realistic and 3D as possible. But it takes fucking forever. Yeah. Do you find it hard painting at home if you were going to? It's not hard, but if it's at home, then I can't work on it 90% of the time. Gotcha, if it's at gotcha, the gotcha. shop, I have more of availability to, you know, just pass by and do some shit. <laughs> yeah, that works. That's cool. Do you have like a special space at least set up like in the shop where you like, do you, do you compartmentalize your day to day? Like where you have like art space and then you have, you know, tattoo space and then you have like business space, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. The whole shop's broken into sections like that. So you sit there and move into it, you know, like you, like it, maybe it's easier for you to transition to that, that art mode. Like I'm going to be in painter mode now. I'm just going to move over towards section A of the shop or something. Right. Cause Pretty I need much. to get out of it. I'll just leave it. Oh, okay. That works, dude. That's really cool. These these progress picks are rad. I'm, I'm noticing that you found. Did you like that that um, painter technique where you kind of like squint your eyes to pull out shapes when you're trying to think of like highs and lows when you're going through your values and mapping them onto a board? No, mostly because I don't understand why people do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you just look at it and you're kind of like this shape looks like that and it's good? Yeah, for the most part. I mean. Oh. I've been drawing for a really long fucking time. I don't have to squint at yeah. things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself doing that actually a lot with tattoos sometimes. I'm working on a, uh, a piece that wraps and I'm really trying to define depth on maybe like a, a topographical spot that's high, right? Like if you have like on a sleeve and you're coming around like the tricep line, you know, and it's like naturally raised a little bit on the shoulder, maybe like one of the big muscle groupings on the flexors, extensors before them. I'll kind of do that to see if anything jumps out. Um, but it's not like normal, I guess. I'm not always sitting there like squinting, looking at a fucking tattoo. I'm doing, hang on, don't move, you know? <laughs> that doesn't look deep enough. The, uh, the shapes and points that you pulled out on this dude, like comparing it to the nearly finished picture, just fucking rad. Like you really did stick to that. It looks like. I mean, I know you probably made adjustments or something. So I'm guessing the um, the line drawing for like, or the value drawing that you put on the board is kind of an approximation about how you're going to go up with stuff. You're like, this is pretty close. I'll just try to stick to it. Right. Yeah. Don't stress about it. Try to have fun. Get in there and just go. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to try to like, if you draw like a line drawing and it's way too specific, right? Yeah. Then you're just painting color by number so you're not giving your brain the opportunity to expand or grow or do anything um, so if you just have a pretty loose line drawing but then your goal is to get it as close as you can you know your brain is going to do yeah. a lot of work so it's a good exercise and i mean these That's are small though. paintings you know so they're like little vanettas they're like eight by elevens or something um oh hold really <laughs> God damn, dude! What fucking size brush do you paint with? Three hairs? My yeah, goodness! Pretty tiny little brushes. I'm I'm looking at the the far right finish in progress, right? right? 
that's just it's it's amazing dude i when i blow it up i can kind of look almost at or i can put myself in the position where you are when you're working on it you know and trying to like really think about those shapes like you described before and i can kind of see where you're coming out with this does um does your approach to tattooing influence your 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 painting and vice versa i would say maybe on a minor scale but not on a, a big grandiose level because i do break tattooing off into its own separate category like it has to be done a tattoo way you know gotcha um Tattooing, I always simplify everything as much as I can. And for painting, I complicate as much as I can. Gotcha. So paintings are fixed. They won't age. They don't see the environment. They don't move around. They don't do anything like that right. with the tattoos. Because yeah. I'm, I'm noticing with this too, like with your painting, I see a dark amid a light, smooth transitions through it, blocking lines on stuff for shading and, and things that are coming up, right? And uh, like, it's almost like I, uh, this is almost how I would approach tattooing myself. So like seeing like how you would, how you would translate, Let, let's take the, let's take the actual design, like what you're doing right here. If you were to do this as a tattoo, like how would that be different, you know, versus how you're painting? Would you even try this as a tattoo? <laughs> I mean, if somebody were to want to sit down and get it like big enough, then maybe. But one, it would be twice the size if I did it as a tattoo. And then two, it would still be more simplified. So why? Well, you would just want to make transitions easier, right? Like the idea, some of these petals go from like basically gray to a reddish brown to a greenish brown, to a green, to a lighter green, all the way back to a like, darker blue, et cetera. Like, there's such an array of transition going on there. And as a tattoo, if you're transitioning too much from one color to a different color with an entire spectrum between, you're doing way too much damage to the skin. Yeah. Even if you were to try and sit this through multiple different sittings, moving up the cost value on this stuff too, maybe people won't do it. They won't do this. They won't do that. Plus, like in your experience, if you were to try something like this, how do they heal out like 10 years down the road? Right. If you were to do it like this, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I just find that. Um, there's got to be a level, um, regardless of your skill set outside of tattooing, there's a level where you have to understand what is really capable in a tattoo. Right. Yeah. So uh, things have to be limited for tattoo purposes. The cool part is you can actually get a lot of cool shit out of limiting an image, you know, yeah. even if you're taking a lot of color or a lot of minute things out of the image, you're still going to get a really great image because it's going to be so much more readable. Yeah, that makes sense because it's not it's not it's not two dimensional, right? You, you get more chances to play with things in different spaces. And then if you're thinking about how. <clears throat> things age and how they blend together and how they move together or even i think it was what was it, it was like uh using like a turquoise and a forest green next to each other initially you can blend them really well but like over time they start to just fucking separate you know what i mean right and it's like you get like that fucking line you know <laughs> and you're like well whoops uh that didn't really work out very well um or if you're like planning ahead for that stuff right where these things are you know that they're not gonna they're not going to mesh 
uh, and you simplify it. And you try to like create things just by breaking it down almost dummy style to, to just focus on what you know is going to look good 10 years down the road. What's translatable, what's readable, making it bigger, making it awesome. You just end up with a fucking better tattoo. Well, with right. this, I mean, you could shrink this down, right? You can make this four by six. Still pretty. Right. That's cool, dude. That's that's cool. This is a fucking. I'm like kind of fangirling over your fucking art right now. I've had it up the whole time. I'm just sitting there fucking typing that and going, "Fuck." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just smart. Like your your approach to art is really really cool, dude. So like, where do you draw the line? Um, tattoo wise, if you're translating art in a tattoo, uh, I mean that's too complex. I'm gonna say something about your palette, like choosing it, right? Um, maybe it will work. So like when you're choosing a a palette for a tattoo like how complicated do you want to get it on average we're talking about simplifying the actual design and application but if you're going with like color or or uh tint or fucking uh, just even shade like how complex will you take a design um if if given the chance to i guess push the limits so much of that depends on everything else you know the style of the tattoo um is it realism is it neo-traditional is it illustrative etc there's yeah. still so many fucking variables that play into that and like each one of those is a specific degree of limiting what you're doing if you were to create a sliding scale like what would be at one end and the other like mine, mine was always hyper-realism one side american traditional the other right and like inside of there that's like where the limitations are going to naturally happen with stuff right right um do you know of anything that's like a constant throughout them? Like, like, a, like an aspect of, let's stick with a palette, where you're going to be applying a palette where you know you don't want to do something regardless of the, well, fucking get rid of hyper-realism. That can get fucked, right? So we'll go from like <laughs> illustrative to like old school stuff, right? Where it's like I, you have maybe a set foundation or paradigm or something that you know you're going to apply to every one of those tattoos uh, if you're looking at your palette um i mean like there's golden rules to take in tattooing mm -hmm. right i'm a firm believer in the idea that like 20 to 30 percent of the tattoo should probably be black yes it's the third a third a third rule rule of thirds yes right um it's the other two thirds of that that i don't really give a shit about gotcha so, like the idea that there has to be like a third open skin um i feel like yeah. that's a rule that can be interpreted a lot of ways yeah right? i'm with you on that yeah um absolutely and then a third of it being color isn't really that necessary either so mm -hmm. those are like too too vague of ideas right <laughs> like, uh, yeah but your tattoo should have a sustainable amount of black and if not black a sustainable amount of contrast and that's what's really important that's why we always hard lean towards black is because it's the most contrasting color right um but people yeah. should start to think in terms of contrast and no contrast and not necessarily just black because uh, you can use purple and cause a dramatic amount of contrast in the skin you can use a really um crazy texture and cause a lot of contrast in an image something that'll contrast out against skin so it should be a third contrast right like really strong fucking contrast a yeah. third breathability 
not necessarily open skin, oh, but breathability. I like that. So big, yeah. large planes of a solid or lighter color or something, you know. And then a third of it is just your standard, typical tattooing from like quick gradients to slightly more complicated gradients or something. Um, I like that, dude. That's right. You're, you're literally looking at it backwards, I guess, from like most of what we would have been taught back in the day. I remember getting that rule of thirds, the three rule of thirds that you had <clears throat> for tattooing. When I heard that one, I, I used to try to almost be mathematical with a third color, third black, third negative space. And most of the designs felt really weak. They weren't balanced, right? I was always sticking to that almost like a numerical sense, but I, I really like that idea. If you're looking at it more based on technique as opposed to like actual like physical fucking space that's been filled out. If you have a large broad swath of like evenly blended color, right? And you have it next to something that's a lot of texture and you have like good contrast throughout, that's a really fucking strong image. You're focused on like hard lines, soft lines, transitions, like that's really awesome. Fucking TM, 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 the Brian Matthew method, the MM. Uh, <laughs> teach your kids this. We'll have it on a as seen on TV and shit. That's really smart, dude. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot off you tonight. Yeah. So, you know, your goal in tattooing is always contrast. You're, if you want your yeah, tattoo to yeah. stand out, you just want it to have contrast, and contrast means so many things. You know, in tattooing, yeah. once again, originally contrast just meant black, but it doesn't have to yeah. be black. You know, so I've done um, a full sleeve that literally was like 2% black, barely yeah, any black whatsoever, and yep. it still has some of the strongest fucking contrast possible. You know, the image stands out like fucking crazy just due to color and texture. And like, yeah, that's really what we're trying to achieve. We're just going for contrast, not necessarily a shit ton of black dumped into something. But yeah, that I was gonna say, but black is always just you know like the cash grab for contrast. Yeah, that's the the as seen on TV shit where we've seen the tattoo shows. You need mm -hmm. more contrast. Contrast always goes back down to how much black you put in something. I think that was probably uh, a negative for the industry being shown that that's what people thought, right? Because then like clients would come in and they start pressuring from the outside. Like I didn't see a lot of black in this. I don't understand what contrast is or how these things are going to apply to the body or even how they're going to age. Um, I remember who is uh, a couple tattooers I've seen, but they'll never use black. They'll use dark purple indigos, you know, even dark greens, dark reds. They'll use like this tinted shade that's suit set super dark to build all their contrast. And then you literally use fucking color wheel contrast and color against that next to it to build levels, elevation, texture, all that other stuff. That's really cool. I, I'm, I think I'm guilty of putting maybe a bit too much black in some of my designs um, at times, especially because I, I end up a lot with that, like that etching type work and stuff. Right. <clears throat> but uh, I, I see how that actually can translate around. I, I'm kind of imagining if I were to take, you know, whatever type of tattoo is going to be pulled my way. And instead of maybe just going straight in with black and trying to map out all the stuff. If it's going to be monochromatic coming in with a dark gray as opposed to a black, uh, if it's color coming with like purples, dark blues, dark greens, dark reds, you know, something like that that can give a little bit of a base, maybe splitting some of those lines 
half and half, 60, 40, 70, 30, or whatever to, to utilize those other tones as it ages and it lightens, it's going to give it so much more body. And it's going to make that contrast really stand out as opposed to just relying on that fucking black. Right. That's cool, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit against black, but at the same time, I'm also all for it. I'm like, fuck yeah, put as much black as you want in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hmm. That's really cool, dude. Um, sent you, you uh, like a... a couple of images um, that have very, very minimal black in them, but really fucking strong contrast. Oh hell yeah, dude! Is that a um, a, a mantis? Yeah, get it, praying Sense. mantis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Mant uh, Mantis Maria, that's cool. Oh, dude, that fucking green and that like the scare beetle at the bottom is gnarly as fuck. Right, and it stands out especially against so that pink base. Strong, just because of the red and blue. Yeah, with the the golden textured rays that are coming out because they're muted. Did you? automatically decide because like that mint color that's next to it is always relatively neutral did you lighten it and tint it up just to make sure it would contrast even more off of that stuff right yeah that's fucking smart and then keep that that center robe on that stuff almost the same tint as like the deepest part in the background to add more connectivity so that you have a greater amount of push with the things that are next to that's fucking rad dude that's smart oh shit i remember this tattoo <laughs> underwater tattoos in my opinion are the hardest fucking shit to do the amount of blue you have to pack is is awful. I love They're awful. Oh, it looks so, so good. much work. So much blue, but it's it good. Yeah, I had an orca tattoo. I didn't uh, sleeve of orcas, dude. I mean, legitimately the same style as this. I got to see if I can find you that picture and send it over. I think I've got one that I know is like halfway through. Uh, filigree and stuff moving through, breaking up stuff. You know, multiple layers. It's best to transit the elbow where you like use those light waves, right. uh, light light going through the waves. Come to exact same, exact same <laughs> fucking thing, bro. <laughs> and I did the same approach on this stuff. That's cool. You had to utilize warmer tones off of everything when it's next to this fucking blue bit. Even like the fucking grays that you're doing are not going to be super dark to make it feel cool. It had to be neutral mid-tones or higher. That's fucking brilliant. Hell yeah. And that coral down at the bottom next to like that mid-tone at the fucking sky break by the... Yeah, that's that, that's genius. How long ago was that one done? Um, Four or five years? Maybe a year ago? Two years ago? Oh shit! Right on. But the the picture I sent you is basically a fully healed image. I think oh shit! The only thing that wasn't healed might have been that little yellow and black fish, but I think that was even healed. That yeah, the bottom part looks fucking healed. The turtle looks well healed. The ditch even looks healed. But maybe you you pushed in some more of the the blues for the um, artifacts going through the water. Or maybe this was just healed, bro. Where's the fucking... Oh, no. Skyline. Fucking blending orange. Yeah, the orange might have been fresh. Yeah. Everything else looks straight. Orange is always a bitch. Orange isn't a real color. Did you know that? <laughs> it's not. It's not It's not a real pigment insofar as uh, it doesn't operate like normal pigments. That's why it fades out so fast, normally with sunlight interaction. 
It's an organic pigment. We actually can't see orange in nature, proper orange. It's a man-made color. When I learned that, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> that's everyone um, you walk to the grocery store. 